welcome to the Hotel Analyst podcast. My name is Chris Bound, the web editor at Hotel Analyst, and joining me around the, the desk of insight this week is our editorial director at Hotel Analyst, Andrew Sangster, and our perspectives editor, Catherine Dogrell. Our desk is here in the UK, but we survey the investment marketplace for, of the hotel industry globally. And we're going to bring you a quick discussion around three topics that have caught our eye recently in the news. If you like what you hear and you'd like to know more about uh, the topics we're discussing and some others, then why not pop along to hotelanalyst.co.uk where you can uh, sample more of our writing and uh, take a look at uh, perhaps subscribing to the publication. So the first thing we're going to talk about this week is that uh, the UK hospitality industry appears to have finally caught the ear of government uh, and uh, uh, once for the once seem to be working together. Is that uh, is that really happening, Catherine? <laughs> well, they've certainly caught the ear of somebody who doesn't want us to remember her entirely as being completely incompetent on Brexit and running through cornfields or wheat fields or whatever form of arable farm it was. Um, Yes, Theresa May wants to leave a legacy, and apparently that legacy, you'll be thrilled to know, includes the hotel sector, which is which is a real thing. Intriguingly, actually, is uh, shortly before we were doing this podcast, um, that other doyen of the hotel sector, Donald Trump, was complaining about Theresa May and how he was trying to tell her how to do Brexit, but really she wasn't listening and uh, should have done it another way, and he's rubbish. Yes, it's practically the balloons reset online. He told her he did. So now she's going to tell him by making the hotel... Uh, sector in the UK much more successful um, by uh, encouraging 130,000 new hotel rooms to be built. This is 130,000 new hotel rooms, which, as far as we can tell, were already going to be built. Um, but, <laughs> but none of those are going to be Trump branded, I take it. Well, not that we know of, not that we know of, um, though, of course, that remains to be seen. But um, yes, in the meantime, this is very, very exciting news for hotels, which haven't been previously recognised by uh, government at all, apart from somewhere to store your MPs and screw up their expenses claims with. And hopefully there's no link there to be had. But uh, of course, one never knows for Hamilton's uh, aren't involved, if anyone remembers that. But, uh, but yes, one of the more interesting aspects of this um, as far as we can see, apart from things happening which were already going to happen, is this tourism data hub, uh, which apparently is going to revolutionise the way data is used by the sector. Um, we're not a data that is particularly lacking in a uh, sector that's particularly lacking in data. Sorry, um, but you can never have too much. And of course, there's lots of things coming along the side, like hostels and whatnot, um, which we haven't heard more about in this but could well be included one assumes um though one of the more interesting aspects of data that we have been lacking in is who exactly is here and where and how um which obviously would play into theresa may's wider brexit concerns not that she has any brexit concerns at the moment um so yes it's an interesting one um i think probably a bit of a case of the prime minister trying desperately to nail her flag to something which isn't outstandingly rubbish um Fortunately, we're not. Um, but uh, devil will be in the detail as yet. Not so much detail, quite a lot of devil. Mm, I've got two problems with this. Uh, the first is definition and the second is lack of ambition. Um, in terms of definition, tourism... Um, it seems to muddle its way through what tourism is. At one level, it seems to see it as a sort of leisure industry only thing, um, just leisure uh, guests. Um, they're talking about sort of bucket and spadey type holidays, making them um, those sort of locations year round destinations. And on the other hand, it talks about stuff such as um, 
the 130,000 hotel rooms. Um, and of course, most of those rooms are going to be occupied by business travellers or people going to meetings and events. Uh, they're not going to be occupied by leisure travellers uh, on the whole. So I, I, I think, you know, what is it we're talking about here? I, I just think the definition of tourism isn't fit for purpose. And this brings me to the point about lack of ambition what we should be talking about what we as an industry should be shouting about is that we are the future we are front and center of the of the change and switch into the experience economy so you know from agriculture to industry from industry to citizen services uh, and from that services piece now into the experience economy and and it's done with hotels in particular um, at the front of that and you can't really move forward in the experience economy without having an effective hotel sector and this is what and this all makes us part of all the things that the politicians tend to get much more excited about such as the arts piece where they get all the lovies turning up and coming you know particularly the film industry they chuck all sorts of absurd subsidies at them um, nearly as bad as the level of subsidies they chuck at the agriculture sector um, but rather than that just have some sensible regulation around the overall experience economy piece around the development there and that they need to actually get stuck into sorting out the the regulatory mess that we're all in and they need to get stuck into a whole range of things and you touched on one aspect there Catherine in terms of who's coming in and who's going out of our country well the, the whole visa thing um, which is still bonkers still far too demanding on people from India and to an extent from China in terms of the forms, um, which really aren't used appropriately or properly anyway. Um, so there's the whole area of, of scope for reform, um, which this sector deal, or so-called sector, is not a sector I actually understand, um, um, really just is, is just meaningless in the context of, of the, the greater piece we ought to be talking about. Okay, now we've had several uh, hotel groups sidling up to uh, Chinese partners and in fact several Chinese groups looking to partner with uh, uh, hotel groups in, in Europe and, and across the world. Uh, last year Jinjiang made a move uh, in taking over Radisson uh, and um, we're looking to see a little bit more uh, integration, I believe. And it's more than just sweet and sour on the hotel menu, isn't it, Catherine? <laughs> um, yes. Uh, yes, it is. Um, I, for one, and I don't think I'm alone in this, um, had no great belief in Jingjiang taking over Radisson. I didn't think it was a real thing. I guess technically it was. Um, it was very slow going, certainly in the Scandi areas. I didn't think it was a real thing. I didn't think it was going to go anywhere. I thought they were just having to buy it um, because they were clearing up the mess that H&A had made all over the world with its terrible splashy deal making. Um, and um, and I thought it was going to go nowhere. They were just going to ignore it and leave it to run itself uh, kind of a bit like they have with Louvre. Um, but it appears they have done a thing because they're going to launch a co-branded hotel um, featuring menus and welcome cards and uh, being near to Frankfurt Airport, which apparently is a hub, and Chinese newspapers will be available on an app, um, all sorts of exciting booking processes, and of course the loyalty programs coming together, which could be very intriguing. Um, so yes, apparently they are going to move forward excitingly into the future together, um, which should play out very interestingly for the other companies who've only really been dabbling in catering for Chinese tourists, and with this I will accept um, 
IHG with Wilux, which uh, has itself been a, a real, if quite small, real thing. Um, but yes, it appears that people are actually going to have to cater for the Chinese tourist these days, um, and uh, and Jinjiang and Radisson could be the ones to do it, which makes uh, will make a lot of their brands a lot more interesting, I think, and a lot more valid. The question that this raises is just how important China is going to be in the global hotel sector. Uh, three, four years ago, it looked like the, the Chinese foray into, into the hospitality was going to be spearheaded by the likes of HNA, Wanda, Anbang and Fosun. Um, today, only Fosun is a player there. Um, and in fact, what we're seeing is... Um, Xi Jinping, uh, Premier of China, taking back control and really, uh, rather than these private... You shouldn't really be using phrases like that. It doesn't really convincingly. <laughs> I'm just trying to promote you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what, what, he, what, what, what we're seeing is that these private companies um, are being displaced in favour of state-owned enterprises like Xinjiang. And I, I think, as Catherine's remarked, in terms of Louvre, we didn't see a lot going on um, with Xinjiang um, within Louvre, perhaps because Louvre is predominantly uh, an economy and mid-scale um, chain. Therefore, the you know in in terms of the the bulk of its guests are going to be Europeans, domestic customers um, and there's not that much opportunity for a uh, for, for to boost trade via Chinese tourists um, maybe now with uh, Radisson and the up, an upscale brand like or upper upscale brand like Radisson what we will see is is a much bigger effort to attract guests and international guests at upper upscale brands like Radisson are much more important so maybe that's one thing but I just think generally I think what we're seeing is a bit more coherence in terms of what China is going to be doing in the sector and you know just how interested they are in the sector in pushing forward so if we look at Xinjiang today they are the second biggest uh, global major hotel brand company so they're just behind Marriott and just ahead of Hilton. This is adding in Louvre. This is adding in Radisson, uh, both bits of Radisson, Radisson AB and Radisson Inc. in the US. Um, and it's also adding in the bits in, in, in China, um, which fall under the Xinjiang flag, including Platino um, there. So, and they are a, a, a very big company. Um, and like the US, China has an advantage over Europeans in that it has a relatively unified domestic market. It gives it a great base to, to be and act as a launch pad uh, for overseas expansion. Um, and it's going to be quite interesting. Well, we've really, for the 50 years or so, we've had global hotel brands um, that have been dominated by the US. Now, I think China could be a significant rival to that. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this develops now. Okay, now we're going to talk tech and in particular apps and uh, specifically an app called Hopper, which has uh, been become familiar to uh, people who buy their own airline tickets uh, in certain parts of the world and uh, now is about to move into the hotel marketplace. Catherine, can you tell us what they're going to do that's different and special? Well, what they're going to do is different and special is that they can see the future. And what can be more different and special than that? But the actual future, it turns out, not the kind of future where you get like a free free flight or anything along those lines. Um, 
So what they do is they've been, um, they have been trialling this for some time. So they, they have kind of proved that it worked as far as we can tell. They claim, they claim 95% accuracy in predicting flight prices up to a year ahead, which is pretty good. And if you consider how sophisticated hotel pricing is compared to flight prices, um, you can imagine that maybe it'll be closer to 100%. Um, so this is all very interesting stuff. Um, what it does that's particularly fascinating is, of course, this is more training of the consumer. So the consumer will now be told when is a good and when isn't a good time to book their, their hotel room, when is a good time to visit when isn't, and so on and so forth. And that kind of thing is very, very influential, as anyone who talks to you about short booking times will tell you. This is not just short booking times, this is now a complete view over a year's worth of uh, pricing. So, bugger for anyone who's, been, who's, who's, who's thinking they may have got a handle on revenue management. This handle has passed. And you can bet to your bottom dollar that even if we aren't all leaping on to do Hopper, we will be leaping on to do Google when they adopt this, which is surely imminently, seeing as they are doing everything but it at the time. A moment ago, we were talking about whether China is a thing. Um, and the answer was, yes, it is. Um, and we're now talking about effectively artificial intelligence and this clearly is also a thing and is going to have a very profound impact on the hotel sector. Um, the thing is, as Catherine's just pointed out, AI is a double-edged sword. It both powers um, hoteliers and the industry, but also challenges them as consumers and consumer services uh, are powered by AI too. Um, and this this is the challenge here for the hotel sector, is being able to keep up with the con more consumer-focused offers which are out there and how that's going to impact on, the, on their own revenue management strategies. Um, and if ever there was uh, notification actually that you, you know, wake up and do something about what's going on, and this surely is one of them. Um, and you know th this company Hopper has raised close to uh, US dollars, two hundred million, uh, and and it is just one of the many many um, companies being funded um, to to delve into um, to, to make AI um, a, a, a more meaningful and more effective. Um, and there's going to be tools developed for hoteliers, and there's going to be tools which are going to make things. Uh, more usable and more useful for consumers um, and that the sector is going to have to grapple with this and it's going to I think change the landscape profoundly I think as profoundly perhaps even more profoundly than we have seen with the advent of the internet and the OTAs and so forth artificial intelligence AI is is really going to shape our future and on that scary or perhaps is it exciting <laughs> way of thinking about the future we wish you goodbye. Bye for now.